I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wise Men Say, Sun FM preview show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Welcome along to the preview show with Sun FM. I'm myself and Gareth Barker. I'm joined by James Hunter from the Evening Chronicle. This evening, to talk about the Everton game that's just gone, if we have to, and the Cardiff games. Cardiff, isn't it? Yes, it is Cardiff. It is Cardiff. Nice to have you along, James. One together. They're all melding into one. They are, home. which is a good thing about the Championship, in a way. You have more things to talk about, but until Sunderland start getting some results together, it doesn't seem like that, because it's just more misery to inflict upon ourselves and our listeners. So it seems at the moment. <laughs> we pride ourselves in the misery we've got we... Two games. <laughs> well, we've got three games, you know, in like a week now, and... We pride ourselves on the misery we uh, inflict upon our visitors, uh, listeners, don't we? <laughs> We're very well, proud of it, well, like yeah. a badge of honour. Well, you know, it's a good job that apparently people in the North East have a, a good sense of humour and a gallows humour and all that, because you need plenty of it. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll also <laughs> yes, talk well, about... Finish. We'll also Yeah, that's, that's it. Sure well, it by. might as well be, might not. Yeah. We'll also talk about the, uh, the, the BN quarters as well. I know we did... Um, look at those on Monday but obviously some more stuff come out and because James was in the room at the time and he, and he interviewed Martin and he knows more about this than most we'll uh, get his thoughts on, on that too start with Goodison Park though um, first place to start was the team selection I guess strong opinions on this one Gareth? <laughs> um, that chair you've got is really squeaky I know, and all that it's much. good isn't it um, so on, on that it's it, it, it's a weird one because it go, you know, when there's a game on whatever it is, during you know, cup game or you know the game at the weekend, you know, it's kind of you plan your evening. Not in your case, you didn't plan your evening around it or whatever, did you? Because you forgot it was on. <laughs> but um, don't expose that to yeah, the people behind the curtain. He does it every um, week. Yeah, he exposes something exactly. Yeah, so you know, I was kind of on the way home from work, thinking, I'll stick the match and I'll do this, do that. And about sort of 15 minutes into the second half, I'm going, what on earth am I doing with my life? You know, I'm sitting there listening to this. It's what a waste of time for everybody. All the people who have gone there, it's just a waste of time. It's almost like you glazed over to this idea that this cup competition, it's acceptable just to do what, you know, play three right-backs in defence, stick a, you know just a scratch team together, stick people anywhere, doesn't matter if you win, doesn't matter if you lose, it's irrelevant. If you win, it's a bonus. It's like, it's embarrassing, I think, and something needs to be done about it because, you know, the, the mentality around the the fixture itself was very much total apathy. And He would have forfeited that if he could have, uh, let's well, be honest. Why I mean, don't, what, what's the point in it? Like, why don't they just go, either give Everton a bye, if you're not that bothered, or... Just gives teams the, opposite, the, the opportunity to start the season to opt out of the cups because it's creating a problem where, where people start to take it for granted, and we're, we're in a situation now where you know that you know we had phase three gate 
in 2014 about people wanting to get tickets to the final of the cup competition and you know we're in the second round we're playing a Premier League team oh, sorry we're in the, the fourth round as I think it third was round. So third round playing a Premier League team we've had to play two games to get there it would turn up and you know just just chuck it in and can I compare it to championship is, manager just what is no a situation nah, on championship nah. manager why but what because because <laughs> like the show's only 45 minutes long no but what, what, the point I was going to make is when I look at the team sheet and and, and it kind of reminds you it does or championship manager if that happened where you had some injuries or you, you only had youth players that you knew weren't good enough and you had a game you thought I've got no chance of winning this and you had three right backs I'm playing them out of position you'd think these are all going to get fours and fives, and I'm going to get beat in this game. I just want this game to finish as quickly right. as I can and move on from it. And that's real life, almost what it was like. I mean, Grayson comes out afterwards and makes a comment saying, well, essentially that you expect to lose putting that team out. And I don't understand me- mentality-wise when you've got a team, you're putting the team out there. The, te- the team aren't expecting to win the game. There's no expectation on them to do better than to lose. I didn't hear the quote that you were talking about. What was the quote that you talked about? Oh, I'd have to, about? I'd have to dig it out. Yeah, I, did, I wasn't. I'd have to. Pretty, dig, I'll, I'll try to and. T- I'll try and dig it out the, now. The, while you the, talk. The, the quote that I recall is him saying that the team he picked was with one eye on the weekend, not that he he put a team out that he expected to lose. In fact, I seem I seem to remember him saying that he put out a team that that he thought was capable of winning. When he's lying to himself, and then he because <laughs> you put three right backs in defence. Well. I mean, you could argue that all three of them aren't good enough to be on the pitch as a right back. So, at what point, you know, putting three one at centre back, one at left back? I mean, I guess, I guess you've got to you've got to look at the situation in the round. First of all, you've got three right backs in there. Uh, One of them is playing right back. So, really, you've got two right backs that that you don't want in there. One of those right backs is playing left back. One of those one of those right backs is playing left back because you've rested your only. Available and fit um, left back, was specialist left back, which is Brian Oviedo, because Browning and Galloway aren't available to could, play in that could, game. Was there no left backs in the twenty threes that could have stepped up? Uh, you could have, you know, thrown in Tommy Robson, um, but of course you're playing against Everton, playing against a very, very, very good side. You know, so he has chosen to go with players who. Um, who are senior players yeah, as opposed he, to under under twenty three? Wanted to put an experienced back four in to try and weather the storm. You have to, you have and, to, and to keep the score down. Personally, you have to decide. Well, I guess I you have to decide if 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 you if you're the manager in that situation, you're going to make changes and you haven't got people available. Are you going to name the most senior uh, players that you've got, possibly playing some of them out of position, or are you going to name players who are playing in their natural position? But might just be young lads who have never played in the first team before. Well, again, and and th- there are pros and cons to both. He went one way. You think possibly he should have gone the well, other. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just, I mean, logically, I mean, if you're expecting to lose the game anyway, what are we going to learn? Firstly, what are we going to learn from from playing Billy Jones at centre back, centre half? We're not we're not going to learn anything. Watch someone like like I'm. The, people who listen to the show know I'm not one of these like get all the kids in. You know, they'll show what it's all about and that because. If you put a load of kids in the team, they'll struggle. Yeah. But you know what's the harm in, in looking at not even looking at them and thinking, oh well, we'll give them a chance, and if they do well, then they've got an opportunity. Just say some one of the centre young centre backs, Beeling or, or Brotherton, whoever it might be. You say right, you're going to play the game because 
you know, I want to keep some players aside for the weekend. It's a good opportunity to play against what will be a decent Everton side. You get to play, play alongside uh, Lamine Corney, who's an experienced player, he's a captain of the team. You know, you get an opportunity to learn from, learn from him. And, you, you know, you've got an experienced, relatively experienced goalkeeper behind you who's played, you know, in the, in the, in the championship and you're in a team there with seasoned professionals. You know, I want you to go out there. I don't want you to go out thinking if I play well, I'm going to get into the team. Or if I get ripped to shreds, I'm going to get bombed out. You're going in there to learn and have an experience and take that away with you because everyone talks about how the under-23s, firstly, none of them go on loan. Secondly, you know, the, the level of football that they play and the kind of football that's played at that level isn't, isn't really, doesn't really replicate the football that would be playing at a senior level because of the physicality because of the pace of the game because of the style of football that all the academies play which is essentially some sort of bastardised version of ticky-tacker or whatever it wants to be you're so, right but but that kind of then uh, you know destroys the logic of doing what you're saying if, if you're saying that uh, if, if you're saying that the under 23 football which, and I agree is nowhere near the standard of first team football um then throwing a lad straight from the under twenty threes into the first team isn't such a great to idea. Fair, to be fair to Brotherton, yes, he's played for New Zealand and they're playing World Cup qualifiers, so he's playing against yes, there'll be poor standard teams, but he's still playing against men. He's playing and he's playing along. He's playing alongside Winston Reid, who's at West Ham. I think if you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, then do it against Carlisle, do it against Bury, don't do it against Everton. That's I just, my argument. My my view, I'd just rather have seen. That and and then you can, you can you know rather than coming out of it saying you know it was always going to be difficult with the team that I put out. I think there was also you, a you can go out and saying you know we knew we had the game at the weekend and we did have one eye on that, but it was a good opportunity to try some people in there and give them a, some game experience, some match experience. There was also a surprise. I think speaking to um, Simon Grayson before the game, I think they were of the mind that uh, Ronald Koeman would name a stronger team than he did. Uh, more of, retain more of the players from from the four 0 defeat against Man United than they did, um, so that possibly influenced the I idea think of going w- with more experience. Without wanting to sound like I've got splinters in my backside, as often with these debates, I tend to find some middle ground, and I think that he certainly should have played one of the young defenders because, as Gareth says, there's never going to be a better time for them to learn into a game like that, especially if you think right we're under the cosh here. Because then you think, okay, I'm going to throw you in. Uh, you give Corner the responsibility alongside whoever that might be to talk him through the game and let him experience it. If you've already deep down or even subconsciously written the game off anyway, I can understand why two out of the back four you might not want to do that in a game where we considered three anyway. Because although some of these younger players might be a more natural fit position-wise, when you look at the experience of people like Jones they're going to get through that game more comfortably, I would, you know, you I would imagine, than an under-23 player. Is so it, I, I can understand that I would have liked to have seen probably one in the centre-of-defence centre player because what it does is it makes you worry that these players are miles away. And we, we, we can have players, These players are miles away. Exactly, and, we, and, we, and we have this debate, and we've had it over the last two years, and we are generally on the side of the management who, who have tended to not trust some of these players because we've said it's clear they aren't ready but it's, it's clear that they aren't so it's worrying in a way it's not I think I just think it's not a it's an isolated thing it, you know the, what whatever happened last night doesn't have to 
nothing has to be taken from it other than that it was an exercise in that environment and that's what it is it's not a reflection on the level of quality of players coming through the academy or you know anything like that or or, or, a, or a, a grander plan it's just a, it was an in, who's to say that in that in, environment someone if you say to corner I want you to look after this lad and you give him that added yeah he's a captain but you're giving him an added focus and responsibility in a game whereas putting three right backs across the back four yes one's playing at right back but there were three right backs in there I don't know what that does to a player mentally because I don't think that is I don't think that's setting up a team where you're going we've got a chance to win this game I think they're probably looking around going well and it's, it's an excuse it's giving excuses again for players well, you know that it was a scratch team, and like Grayson comes out and says, it was always going to be difficult to win the game with the side I put out. It's just excuses you're giving, and when we talk about it's just a cup game or whatever, and but it's a losing mentality that we've got at the club now. And by the way, I haven't gone back further than the last six games of last season in the championship because this is something I discovered when I was looking at um, how Preston did last season when Grayson joined us. Preston didn't win a game for the last six last season. The only team in the league not to win a game in their last six games. So Simon Grayson's obviously it's a different challenge, different thing. But he's he's come away. They haven't he hasn't won in a while. Then we've won one in eight in the league. Yeah, we won two league cup games against teams in the in in lower divisions. But in the league, that's for Grayson. That'll be one win in fourteen. You know, I just think. It's not. It's not. I just don't think it's very good to to create environments where there's no positive outcomes from decisions that are made. You know, if a positive outcome is getting knocked out of a cup competition that we were in the final of three years ago, and was if you ask any Sunderland supporter, it's probably the highlight of the last twenty five years of supporting Sunderland. Then would definitely should we might as well just switch the mics off now and never bother returning to the studio because there's no point. If if that's do you know what I mean? If 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 that's a successful thing, to lose that game is a good thing. It just it baffles me, and you know I, I sort well, of. There's, a bit there's almost who says that that's a good thing, though, Gareth. But that's there is a, there is just feels like there's a. But from who? It just generally that's just there's a mil, like a, a malaise around it. Nobody cares. I'm not saying it's just. It's the team. It's I think the it's section of support. Almost like think, the, all people are thinking about the bigger picture too much than what happens. I think it's a question on the football priorities too. Again. I mean, there's three games next week. If you if players that that you've rested last night uh, are fresh and help you win the next three league games, all of a sudden it doesn't look such a bad. No, decision. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I'm so not that's dis- a thing. No, I'm not disputing that point. We don't know whether that will work. But yet. exactly. But I'm, I'm not disputing that point. But I'm just talking about. Yes, you you might be think you might be want to prioritise things, and you, and that's absolutely fine. I totally get that. But my point is, you know, especially firstly when you've been, you know, it's another it's another defeat. You know, we've lost a lot of games again this season, which we probably didn't expect. Yes, it's a cup. Um, and again, I'll go back to the point about trying to look at a situation that's less than ideal, and create something positive. Some tasks in that game that are positive things, the positive things you can take out of it and create. And you know what? Say a couple of the young lads played, and it, it's all hindsight, may well not have happened. But say you get even get you get, get a nil nil, get extra time, get beaten or something, and say, you know what? We went toe to toe with Premier League team for 90 minutes, and yeah, we didn't win the game, but 
you that's, know. Th- that's true, and that's the case for. The case against is what happens if, if you put a couple of young lads in, into defence, you get done 6 0, and then everybody comes away saying, well, what the hell is he doing? He's brought two two kids in. Yeah. The, you know, the manager's an idiot. Everyone, you know, let's turn down, you know, tear the place down, you know, and all, all the rest of it. This is the thing where hindsight's twenty twenty. We know the outcome, so we know the outcome's a defeat with the manager's decision, so people are then saying the manager should have done something different. To be fair, though, I think a lot of people before the game were, were making comments on that on that selection. In, indeed, and like I say, again, it's hindsight's twenty twenty. Make a comment on that selection. If Sunderland had won last night, then that mm-hmm. selection would have been fine. I mean, it's funny, though, you talk about the you know getting beat by six or whatever, but I think the last time Billy Jones played at centre half I think we went to Everton and lost 6-2 two. Six, two. Yeah. I, so. I think Billy's played centre half since then I think Has he? he's played this mm. season actually Has I would have to look oh, I'm pretty Lord. sure as part of a back three <laughs> but I'd have to have a look on that he, actually you might be right you might so. be right so and Matthew it was it not at um, it was at Carlisle wasn't it it might well have I been I think it was at Carlisle I'm, I'm claiming the Goldsmith defence here. I've seen so many games, I can't remember which one's yeah. which. <laughs> it was an all appealing one, yeah, numbingly painful. Alcohol was involved in a lot of that for me, though. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think you made a point uh, there, James, about how it will all be forgotten about if um, we go on and win our next three games, for example. I would even go as far to say it might be more than forgotten about. It might do more than that if we go on and win our next three games, because then fans can possibly turn around and say, OK, that decision was perhaps justified now. I can see why they've said, OK, let's just get this out of the way, concentrate on the league, then it might be justified if we go and win three games. If it doesn't, and we roll over the next three games, then you come back to Gareth's point and say, well, what, what was the point in just not even I don't, I don't not even, even I don't competing just, and, and taking e- the game as it is and trying to put your strongest team out and trying to... I don't want to, to dispute to that argument. Cause give, give a couple of people a chance and try and bring them on as players. I'm not even saying you, you put your strongest team out or whatever. I'm just I, saying I, yeah, yeah. that was a wrong phrase. Yeah, you just, you, he, did, he did try and do that. Yeah. I've already said that myself. He yeah. tried to put an experience back forward. I, I, yeah. I phrased that totally wrongly. Yeah, um, James, any any positives from last night from the game, from, from individual performances or anything you saw that you, you came away and thought, well, it, it might have been worth it just for that? Um, well, there were some bits and pieces, you know. I think uh, Didier and Dong has been, you know, excellent most of the season. Um, I really love the way that he closes people down in the middle of the park, uh, the way that he uses the ball. <laughs> Shall we? I think we're best off saying uh, could do with a little work. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but I, I like the way that I like the way that he uh, he hassles and harries people, um, and he was doing that again um, yesterday against uh, against Everton. I, that was pretty good. I thought. Um, Jason Steele made a couple of decent saves. Couldn't really be faulted for for the goals. I thought James Vaughan, uh, although he didn't score last night, he had a couple of chances. That second header was it a looked, great effort. Yeah, it looked like it looked like that goal at Hull has given him um, a bit of a, a, a bit and, of a and lift. Per, confidence, and perhaps when we touched wise. on this before the whole uh, before the Everton game, perhaps just a, a new role in the side is yeah. what he needed. Yeah, because he, he was he's, he's part. In the side, playing alongside uh, Grabham was very different to what it is now. He seems more suited to leading the line and taking yeah. a little bit more responsibility. I don't even think it? it was just about his role with Grabham. I think it was about other players again talking about players had just having get outs and excuses. Yeah. You know, I've talked about this before. Oh, James Vaughan's on the pitch. Well, I could, I could, you know, I could move into space to receive a pass, you know, because I know he can just knock it. Or defender got on the ball, he's got a slightly difficult shot to pass on, or pass that might have to be a bit more well crafted to try and make something happen don't feel that confident or I'll just lump it up to James Vaughan and there's been far too much far too much of shoulder and responsibility 
on the ball people not wanting the ball people on the ball in possession not you know putting the chest out and going right then like i'm good enough that's i think that's a really frustrating thing about city like we've got good players in the team but i believe that and i know people some people disagree and say oh the squad's terrible or whatever i don't believe that i think we have got some good players in the team i think you know i think mcgeady's got on the ball and and you know done what we talked about disappointing that Catamore hasn't done that a little bit more I think we like that at times definitely where some people aren't willing to get the foot on the ball and just take the pressure off and then do the right thing once they've done it they want to just hack it away into a space yeah it's too but much panicking. I think the formation change is, is, is all that though as I said and it's all linked together and Maybe it's tied have... in with what I've just said about Vaughan's yeah. new role in the side and his responsibilities having two centre forwards especially if you have this idea that Vaughan's going to be the one to get the flick ons and do the dirty work it does give you that option to go along when you when you don't know what to do with the ball or you're scared to take a risk mm. or you're scared to show, show for some space and encourage somebody else to do that and I think it's linked and I think it, it, this goes back to why so many reasons there's so many reasons why 4-4-2 doesn't get used as much now and this perhaps at this level would be one of them I would say yeah. I mean it's uh, also in James Vaughan it's the first time Sunderland have had for a while a player to look for in the middle uh, when it comes to headers in front of goal I mean Jermaine Defoe scored lots of goals but he was never going to be a man to score headers um, you know and James Vaughan's given given people like Callum McManaman and, and Aidan McGeady someone to find in the box and Lewis Graben as well because he's a, a reasonable and size too and one of the balls he put across yesterday yeah. for the headers well, well, well that's it and, and then going back to you saying about positives um, take from the game I know it was too late in the context of of the result yesterday but once McManaman and Williams came on Sunderland suddenly looked a much better team much more attacking intent I've liked what I've seen from them already and they carried that on against a better class of opposition in well, Everton we wondered if he was going to start and, still though, to come into this and we team. wondered if he was going to start those players because they need some minutes and then thought burn themselves out and then bring them off. He's, he's actually flipped that, hasn't he? And, and he started them on the bench and he's put them on, so maybe they're finishing the game a little bit fresher. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, it's just an observation. He, he, was, he, was, he was strongly suggesting that you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't start them um, at Everton last night. I think he's mindful of the fact that when they came in, they were short of match fitness. Have, and, and obviously how long did they get last night? And obviously the schedule, I think they about came half, on about... About half an hour, yeah, Just over half an hour, yeah. Um, so... It's a case of you don't want to uh, do too much too soon mm. and then risk muscle injuries and and such. Have you? You know you don't want to just a little to top that. up for them. Better to just you know yeah. give them a little, I can little see taste the logic again in that. and then keep them. I for can the, see for the logic next in three that. Games. I can see the logic in that again. Again, what you are doing is you're kind of writing off the game by doing that. But you can, and I said it's it's going to be it's going to be down these next three games whether the performance at Everton or the decisions rather at Everton that the manager made are going to be justified or not. Yeah. When we come back, should we talk about the uh, Martin Bain quotes? We can do. We if shall. You want. We do you shall. know what? I didn't do actually. Can we do this now? Because I, I never got to make my good point on Monday about uh, Callum McManaman. Oh go on, do it now. We, we, I would have set a drum roll, uh, a bit of audio yeah, with a drum yeah, roll no. up for no, you. It won't you, be that good. It won't be that good now. No, I was just talking yeah, about built up too much now. Play, players demanding the ball and wanting the ball against Hull. Um, about midway through that second half, or just into the second half. About ten minutes in, McManaman couldn't get into the game, so he was like, "Right then, I'm going to get into the game." And off he, he came across. He was looking for the ball. Like I like, I really like that. That's what that's what I want to see, because we haven't got enough people at the moment just 
you know, wanting to grab hold of the game and go, this is how good I am. I'm better than this. I've come from a Premier League team. I, I was signed by a Premier League team. I've been, I've played, Lee Catmull should be going, I've played in the Premier League all my career. Yeah. You know, John O'Shea, I've played in the Premier League, pretty like aside from loans, all my career. People like that in the squad should be grabbing hold of the game and going, shouldn't be playing at this level. I don't know how we ended up here. And that's what I liked about McManaman. And he, he was on the left when he had that effort, which was brilliantly saved at the weekend. Yeah. Um, and he actually had a good effort against Forrest where he came right across the box and he span in front of the defender. Bit of a weak shot yeah. with his left foot. Um, if he'd struck it as well as he did the one at Hull, he probably would have scored. Um, but that we need more of that. I think, I think more of that will come with, with, with confidence. I think it's been noted to take out last, last night's game because of the changes. But you know the last two league games, um, I think Sunderland have... have have started to to look a, a little bit better in each each one as a, as a step. You know, using the the Sheffield United home game as a as a very very low baseline. The two ga- the two league games since then have been you know uh, steps forward in the right direction. So performance wise, certainly, if not points yeah. wise. Okay, <laughs> we do the bit now. When we come back, we're good. We'll talk. We'll talk about Martin Bain and we'll also have a look at some of your tweets. Ask James what he thinks. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, welcome yeah. back. There. They haven't left it. They've, they've <laughs> deleted a load of hockeys and they've deleted our um, our um, wise men say into the light thing. I was wondering what was happening there. I just yeah, saw you well, your hands about. Well, yeah, I was listening. I don't have my headphones on, so I couldn't yeah, hear what you were hearing. Basically, they've got rid of our um, lovely little uh, sweeper that that has our names on and everything. Oh, but you know, you we're not too sponsored. technical now. We're He's not sponsored yet. Yeah, yeah, we're not. Yeah, our cooman sweepers. We did get some oh, tweets. Right, we, we have had some tweets coming in. I just want to. Um, we have moved away from the Everton game, but a, a couple of people have asked asked a question that will be just expanding on what we said. So before we get into the to the BN finance and stuff as well, um, I will read out a couple of those because Tommy James Stenger or Stenger has said we have had a very successful youth team a couple of seasons ago. Not many have stepped up. Why is that? We said that they look far away. Why is that? Is that? Something that's reflective of Sunderland, or something that's just reflective in the gulf of difference between under twenty threes and first team football. 
Uh, I think yeah, it's the under twenty threes to the to the first team. Um, successive managers have, have, have all said that that uh, you know the vast majority of, of the under twenty threes have not been ready to step forward. Um, and when you look back at it, you've had uh, Asoro and Madger that have had a taste of first team football last season, um, but they're still teenagers. You know, before that, you had uh, Jordan Pickford, Tommy Robson got a game under Sam Allardyce. So did Reese Greenwood. Um, before that, uh, you had Lyndon Gooch and uh, George Honeyman. Um, so players have been given given a taste of it. But to be honest with you, has anyone aside from Jordan Pickford and uh, you know possibly Gooch and or Honeyman have any of the more recent ones to come into sight? Has any of them their performances said to you? You must play me. I am. I am Watt the future. Probably the yeah. only one. What more? But but yeah. he, but he wasn't from the academy. Obviously, no. he he well, came he signed from for the academy, didn't he? Yeah. Um, same guy's asking about Jack Rodwell. Um, he's mentioned the centre half thing. Didn't somebody come out and rubbish that last year? If not Jack Rodwell himself, didn't he come out and say What's that's that? that he doesn't that he hasn't played at centre half and he doesn't? No, he, he has. He played played all his youth team football at Everton as a centre half. Okay. Um, he's asking about that. He's he's. The same guy, trust track, Jack Tommy, Rodwell, to give you Tommy wants to re- reignite that old debate, which we don't seem to have had for about a year and I mean, a half. If he's not going to play centre-back last night, he's never going to I play centre-back, is I he? I just don't think he's strong enough to play well, centre-back, I mean, and, and certainly not in a championship oh, team. Well, I was going to say, and, and somebody lacking com- that yeah. much confidence, the last place yeah. you want him is against some big birdie championship centre-forward yeah. who's I mean, been around I'm, the block I'm, a few and times. I mean, could you imagine, you know, we all know that, uh, know the fans' opinion of Jack Rodwell, can you imagine putting playing at centre half in in a big game? It'd just be you know uh, like a walking bag of nerves, wouldn't he? With knowing that that any mistake that he made mm. was going to be. Lakeland Garve has, has expanded on that, saying, "Do we think he still has potential?" It's 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 becoming hard to see how he could Rodwell again. Yeah, how he could salvage his career here. I I don't think he. In all honesty, and and I like Jack as a as a human being. I don't think that he can he can turn things around here. I don't think the fans uh, are going to have him come what may. I think he could have ten storming games in a row, and it still wouldn't change fans' opinion of him. Mm-hmm. I think that that he needs to move. Problem is that uh, his wages and his form are such that he's not going to get a move. Tom Wilcock is asking why Azoro is not getting any look in. Is that another one? Just to, again, just to build on what we've been saying there, just to Young just lad, not, not close 18, enough, not good enough, some, something like something like that. Um, uh, I've seen nothing from his little cameos to suggest he's he's close. Last season, personally. last season, at the beginning of last season, he was sort of the 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 big big hope um, of the of the youth team. Um, gradually, over the course of last season. Josh Madger overtook him, um, and I think that probably Josh, and, and in pre-season as well. If you remember, Josh was the the one scoring the goals uh, in, in pre-season for for the team, and and I think that uh, if anybody is going to get a look in, it will be Josh. And I think he would have had a look in before now had he not got injured. Michael Paul has said, "Is it time we fast tracked a right back from the youth team straight into the first team?" It's a good two-parter tweet that because at first you think, well, he played three right backs of a night, but then he's put the hashtag four as a magic number, so he's just he's just commentating on the fact I think we we had four right backs. Um, Alex Campbell is it? It's early doors, but we, do we see any plan or system Grayson is trying to employ? Example under Poyet, results weren't good, but I knew what he was trying to do. Grayson's pretty much this is trial and error still, I think, isn't it? I think Grayson, he's changed the formation because of the injury to Graben. Firstly, Grayson seems very much to, to to adopt horses for courses. That's the way he he thinks you 
your goal, you look at, at the way that the team that that's playing against you, you look at their strengths and weaknesses, and and you name a, a formation that will or play a formation that will uh, you know exploit their their weaknesses. That's that's his belief. Um, you can argue whether that's the right thing to do or not. Uh, on Poyet, um, we heard so much about this Poyet way, and Poyet wants to play this particular way. I heard lots of it. I never actually saw it. It, it didn't happen for me. And and people such as the chap that's uh, that's tweeted you there uh, said I knew what he was trying to do. I didn't. I don't know. I, I don't know about you guys. I, th- I thought you could see a shift in when it was yeah. a home game against Southampton in the cup, wasn't it? When you changed things, I thought you could see a shift from where we were before in 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 style and substance. Certainly, I do think. As time went on, he lost faith enough in his own philosophy a little bit because he was just trying to strive for Premier League survival, like all managers, and he he had to be a little bit more pragmatic. Um, a couple of tweets here now, and this will link us into Martin Bain. More Aurora is saying, I realise we're in a dire position financially, but why not speculate a little bit more on the transfer window to try and come back up immediately? Yourself and I had a conversation before you come in about this, James, where I said my only... I could understand what they're trying to do, purifying everything. Unexpected transfer money, perhaps I was a little bit disappointed. Even a couple of million more wasn't wasn't speculated a little bit to try and make a, that squad a little bit more competitive. Only one keynote, um, and I'll come to you with this, James, because you work in the media. Uh, it's not personal to you by any stretch of the imagination, but you were one of a couple of people who, who interviewed Ben, I guess, so it is relevant. Uh, why is it that ex-players in certain media or interviewers won't name the three they know are responsible for the state of the club's in? I don't know if you could put that down to three people only being responsible for the state of the club's in, personally. I don't know. Um, I mean, it sounds like he hasn't named them either. No, <laughs> well, no, I, I know. I, I, Very ambiguous that was, uh, I don't know. Yeah, um, Maybe if, he, if you know something we don't, then you drop us a line and let us know. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm... I, can take a stab at who he's uh, who he's suggesting at, but I think that uh, a lot of the problems that uh, Sunderland have certainly predate um, two of those figures. Um, mm. you know, obviously, the overarching thing is Ellis Short, yeah. who is no I doubt one of the three people he's, he's referring to, and you can't get away from the mistakes that Ellis has made over his nine years nearly in, in charge of the club. You can't get away from that. Um, but Martin Bain and uh, uh, you know successive managers I, I, again I assume he's, he's referring to David Moyes they, they've come to a club in dire financial shape mm. um, because of the historic mistakes and, we, and you, you can argue that, the, that uh, um, what the, the decisions they've made haven't improved things that's fine but you can only work within the certain parameters you've got Can we clarify that Bain's role is different to that of Conkerton and Defanti and people like that he doesn't go out and look for a player does he he's more Grayson would give him a list and say go and get me those players where Conkerton had more of an input into I've got a player here I've sourced this player for you here yeah is that right firstly um, Martin Bain is, is is a traditional chief exec he's, he's not involved in um, he's not involved in uh, Scouting players, he's not involved in in that side of it at all. That's done by the manager and the recruitment staff at, at the football club. Bain's role is to uh, get the best possible deal for on transfers, get players in at the cheapest price, get players out at, at the biggest price, etc., etc. Um, that's that's his, his role. Obviously, there are some deals that the manager will identify a player, or someone will identify a player, and and. And uh, Martin Bain will look at it and say, "Well, I can't make the financials stack up. We can't afford this guy. 
but that happens. Um, but yeah, he he's not the one that's that's signing players insofar as identifying them and, and bringing them in. He's signing them insofar as he's the man sat in a room doing the deal. Mm. But that's it. A lot of people are looking at the statements that have been coming out this week that uh, yourself and Anna and the Echo, you and Phil um, spoke to Ben about this, which uh, I know some people have even commented on that. But you know, if journalism is journalism, and local local journalists need to build up relationship with, relationships with the club, and of course, they're going to speak to you before nationals. I would suggest. Mm-hmm. That's how, you know, I, I can't see an issue with that. Do you think there's anything in... A lot of people are saying that um, Bain was coming out and putting spin on the situation and that perhaps he was hiding things. Do you think that's fair? Uh, I don't think so. Um, you know, myself and, uh, and Phil sat with uh, with Martin Bain. Nothing was off limits. We could ask, uh, you know, anything that we so desired, and we did. And, uh, you know, um, we put what, what we considered to be the issues that, that fans have, have, have contacted us via Twitter and what have you. Um, the, the big issues that, that fans wanted to know about: where's the Pickford money? Where's the parachute money? Etc. Um, Etc. Et These kind kind of, of big issues, big talking points. Um, I think that that it's good that Martin Bain addressed those things because the previous boardroom regime um, would never have done so. Um, I can only speak as I find and I spent more time with Martin Bain last week in that one interview than I did with the previous boardroom regime in all the time they were at the football club that should give you an idea of the lack of transparency transparency before as opposed to now um, you know obviously obviously, uh, people didn't like some of the answers that Martin Bain gave but I wouldn't expect them to essentially he's Martin Bain is doing the thing that the, I can't remember what the name of the the guy was the labor tre- treasury minister you know he he's left the note that says there is no money <laughs> that that's what it boils down to um and uh, um, where's Rory following your name <laughs> well there you go but um but uh, yeah He's inherited a situation where where there's no money, and he's having to uh, you know do the austerity bit of mm. trying to get the club to and it, live and it, and it, within it, its means or is, closer that to that. And it is that. I it mean, is. it's come in, you know, with, with you to quarter. You just wonder. You just wonder had had the club had um, a Martin Bain type figure, somebody who was there to keep a closer eye on on uh, the expenses. Had that have happened six, seven, eight years ago? What situation the club might might be in in now if things hadn't been allowed to get out of hand? Sure, it's actually it's it's the manager as well, isn't it? Sorry, Gareth. Just no, it's all right. Finish on this point. It's probably a slight tangent. What I was going to what I was going to say is is clearly previous recruitment uh, officers or director of footballs or whatever whatever the title they have have been quite reckless. There's always there's always been the assumption as well that they had to overpay for people because people don't want to come and play here. So some part of that must be down to the manager as well. I, I always got, and, and I liked Gus Poyer, you know, I really did. Um, he did the only one Sunderland manager really who we've had who I had any, anything sort close to a relationship with, I would say. And, but I, I did always get the feeling that it didn't bother him that much that somebody run run through a brick wall for Sunderland. He just wanted a, a name or he just wanted us to go and spend some money on 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 somebody where at least now again with Grayson and a lot of people say oh he's saying the right things and all managers do say that but you do get the feeling that he knows what kind of personality he wants as well I think so I think that, that um, you know uh, 
Simon Grayson's got loads of experience in in the championship and and League One. Um, he knows, you know, what's required at that level. You're going to end up with a team with far fewer big name players, but you're going to end up with a team with players that uh, that I hope the, the fans will um, appreciate more. Do you remember when um, uh, when Sunderland got relegated um, and Mick McCarthy was in charge and he brought in players like Dean Whitehead mm. and Liam Lawrence and uh, and these kind of Daryl Murphy and yeah. and these kind kind of people at that time you know you know fourteen twelve thirteen fourteen years ago now um, you ended up with a, a team full of players that weren't big names but they all offered and con- contributed and people like Dean Whitehead and, and Liam Lawrence went on to have you know good Premier League top level Danny careers. Collins Danny Collins you know uh, so you're going to end up with a, a more workmanlike team a more a, a more workmanlike team that doesn't have the you know the sort of uh, the, the, the name mm-hmm. players that people look out for I think mm-hmm. in the longer term but of course at the moment room for, for a manoeuvre is, is slightly limited well is very much limited by uh, um, by finance managed to bring 10 players in some of them are on loan it's going to take more than one transfer window to to transform the squad OK results would certainly need to pick up as of well and, and, which goes without saying any football fan knows that uh, I think just finally on the Bain thing because I've saw again a lot of suggestions I um I didn't see a lot wrong with with the courts personally. I'm just trying to be devil's advocate and maybe well, I, I maybe, maybe speak on behalf of some of the people who might listen to the show and make mm-hmm. these points. Um, I know one question was 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 asked about when Bain has just said. He, I think the quote was something like, "You know, running costs," yeah. and people think that was quite ambiguous. Right. And we and we wonder what he actually means by that. Right. Is that generally just paying for all transfers and okay. paying well, people off and stuff? Is that the, so the majority got, of it? So you've got. Um, uh, you, as you, as right, right you, costs, you, had, you had money for um, for Jordan Pickford in, in the summer. Um, the club knew it had two bills coming along: one for uh, legacy transfer fees, as, as as Martin Bain called them, basically instalments on players that have gone already. Yeah. So, like people like Gillibodji even last season as well, and Undong, where you yeah, haven't paid the full Fabio fee for Barini them, and, and, and pe- yeah. people like that. You, so you knew had, you knew you had this bill due on a certain date in the in the summer. Um, and that had to be covered somehow. Ricky Alvarez, that money had to be covered somehow, um, and so the money that came from Jordan Pickford uh, covered things like that. The biggest problem you've got is, of course, that um, as long as well as your your wage bill has, has dropped, um, so has your your income. Your income's dropped uh, hugely by dint of, of getting relegated from the Premier League. So. This season, I think, including the parachute payment, Sunderland will end up with something like fifty, fifty-five million pounds income, some somewhere around there. Um, whereas last season, it was ninety-five or or whatever it was, um, just from from TV money, so, and that includes the parachute payment. You see, so so you've got a, a forty million pound black hole to fill there. So, so that's what he's talking about. He's talking about transfer fees uh, and such. Have you filling that that gap? Mm-hmm. And I think fans are frustrated as well because it, what, what this does is highlight maybe the recklessness of previous regimes, where they would have been more inclined to say, "Okay, well, we're, we're you know we're in debt and we need to cover some of these costs. However, we're going to take this chunk of money and reinvest it in the team." And now that's not happening, and a fan, a football fan, wants to see that, don't they? Well, the owner has has taking the decision that he's not going to 
fund transfer fees like he did do in the past. He's going to carry on covering the losses of the club. Last set of accounts that we have, the ones that came out in, in April, showed a, a loss of £33 million, but that was for the season before last. Um, and he's covering that loss. Um, but he's not putting in, he's not covering that loss and, you know, handing over another £30 million for transfers or whatever it might be. Uh, and that's what's obviously. Um, you know, cause, causing the the problem with fans because fans want to see transfers. They're not fans are not too interested in the in the minute detail of of the the running costs of of the club. Of course, they are, but but what they really what fans really want to see is is a new players arriving, good players arriving, and that's not happening, and and that's what's causing the the issue. Certainly not right. When we come back, then we'll talk about we don't need the to go card away. of the game. No, do a little jingle because it breaks. We haven't, got, we haven't got any jingle. We have got a jingle. We've got a player sweeper. Oh. Right, I'm going to play this for you. I'm not even going to mix the mics down. There we go. Nice for Stephen Shaitler's head. Just put the sweeper in and we have it in three sections. What's the matter with you, honestly? You're getting worse. Three here, sections? Yeah. Getting worse? Yes. Didn't think that was possible. It's, it's, it's radio. It's a break. You split the three categories up. We were talking very serious there about finances and stuff like that. Then we're talking about something entirely different. What's the matter with you, man? Are we living it up a cat up a tree or... He's well. He's just you know. He just likes to expose all his radio secrets and stuff. He's like hell bent on doing it. Hell bent. Good. On I look, it. I'm like it's his mission. I like that colour. So I do. Sunlight on magic. Again, I've said People before. Don't like the guy it. and the People guy. People don't like to hear it. You're, you're the Martin Bain of the Wise Men Say podcast. You're coming out with <laughs> yeah. this with this information. This is what happens. You're telling yeah. people how it really is, and they don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Unpalatable truths. And I don't care. What it would have done so. would give you a chance to get the Nottingham Forest results. On the Nottingham on the Forest results. Nottingham for yeah, I'm losing my mind now. The Cardiff, who will play next Cardiff to get their results on, and then we would have been more prepared, and we wouldn't have had this awful radio for the last it's two. I think it's great. I think it's great. So well, you would, wouldn't you, Bainey? Bainey. <laughs> I wish I had his money. Come on, right? Read out the the Cardiff results from the start of the season. The they start started very well, didn't they? Won the first four something. Is that right? Uh, yeah, they beat Burton one nil. Villa 3-0 Sheffield United 2-0 Wolves 2-1 away from home that's a good result isn't it um, and then they lost to Burton in the in the League Cup yeah. and then they beat QPR in the won league. five in a so row won the first five then For, I think that was a, rec- a club record um, won the first five games of the season um, and then they went to Fulham and drew went to Preston and lost 3-0 and then drew at home to Sheffield Wednesday that was a last minute equaliser from Sol Bamba so no um, winning three is that the positive spin we're going to try and put on this yeah then? no win it well no one win in the last one win in five if you include the uh, the league cup so what's so are we saying no no Warnock yeah, under no, pressure one five, what's yeah. this Warnock under pressure we're talking Warnock under pressure I, I, Warnock under the cosh away form then so I can't won, isolate the away won form two, you can from the home form of course you can they've won the first two away from home and then they've drew yeah. or they've, they've drew one or lost one yeah right basically. because what I was thinking is James the last thing you want is a side or a win on the road every week to come to the stadium at a time when you could put a fair argument forward that the Sunderland players are almost petrified to play at home uh, it's it's turning into a big problem is um, is the, the whole home Home form side of things for for Sunderland, it's a uh, it's very difficult to turn turn that round now. I think um, for Sunderland, it's it's getting more and more difficult with every game. I perfectly understand why 
fans uh, are, are so unhappy. I mean, I mean, it's it's a joyless experience watching Sunderland at, at home and has been for for, for some time. Um, but the problem is that um, uh, that's almost feeding into the problem because as soon as something perfectly normal in football happens, you can see the goal. All of a sudden, you can see the atmosphere change and that feeds through to the players and like I say you can't blame the fans for that I'm simply saying that it, it, it's becoming part of the problem yeah um, but, and it's how you how you the only way you can you can get around that ultimately is, almost is, like a is, Mexican standoff of the players and the fans now saying hey, the fans are saying no you make us entertain you make us support you and the players yeah. could be looking saying come on give us a little bit support are you yeah I mean what uh, comes first the chicken or the look, egg and all that look the fans are paying the money and, and it's clear that, uh, that that what has to change is the uh uh, as the players have to start producing performances and results, that's you know that's the bottom line. There's, there's you know you cannot um, uh, you cannot expect the the uh, the fans to to get you out of this mess. All I'm saying is that possibly that that uh, the better the atmosphere, the better the chance of of the players being able to do that. But it has to be down to them, whatever the atmosphere. Well, Williams and McManaman, we would assume, would come back into the side. Then do we know any more? I know the press conference hasn't been yet this week, and it's at the unfortunate timing that we have when we record these shows on Thursday. So people listening on a Friday might know the answer to this already, but we'll just soldier on regardless. Are we any clearer whether Aidan McGeady might be fit? Uh, I guess I'd, I'd say no. That he didn't sound as though he was quite that close to me he might be didn't uh, they say he was back in training at the start he was week. back in training at the back end of this week which is obviously I now. thought it was back in the last week uh, he said he was training mm, I'm sure he did he said I'm that sure McGee and, and uh, who was I think he is training again him and O'Shea he him said, and O'Shea O'Shea back said we're back in training I'd have to check on that I, I, I don't well, just te- tell us tomorrow yet again I have so many press conferences at the moment <laughs> uh, everything is, is yeah. blended when everyone's and he does let's have one at Nine thirty-seven on Tuesday. Yeah. Well, at the, at the moment there's a standing joke uh, between the media and Simon Grayson that we're all seeing more of each other than we are of our own families, which is, you know, it just seems to be ongoing. It's like, well, when do I see you next? If well, we were winning games, that would be all right. That would be quite an enjoyable experience. Grace of respect, Simon. I think I'd still rather see me fight. <laughs> um, whatever the results, but anyway, um, exclusive. Simon Grayson <laughs> has no crack whatsoever. <laughs> There you go, exclusive. James Hunter's just sandbagged Simon Grace and he's got no right reply. <laughs> Wilson's back in training and we would see, say... I could work for the Chronicle, look at that. Look what I did there. Turn that into something I could work for. The Echo, get me in. Get me in, that was my interview there. I'm just minded of the Alan Partridge thing. I am technically a guest on your show <laughs> and yeah, that's no, your problem. Yeah, feel the control <laughs> me. Anyway, shall we, have we done that? Are we bored of football I now? I think we've done all of football now, yeah. Um, we, we, oh, I, 48 I gonna, minutes. I was just going to say there that you, we think Wilson will, will come back in and, and be part of that back four with Corny. That, that back four did look okay and quite strong at yeah. Hull, didn't it? The goalkeeper won. Would you expect him just quickly to... Um, because the, the Reuter came into the side off the back of a performance against Carlisle in the League Cup. Yeah. Did still do enough to sort of get his position back on the side? I think it's a, a bit of a, a toss-up, that one. I think it, it could go either, either way. Um, be interesting to see what... Uh, Good if Manj actually did toss a coin, wouldn't it? Like, just walked in the dressing room and went, right, used to... Well. And flick the coin when you use a both Ray Clemens, Peter both, Shilton thing. Yeah, you're both that good. I'm going to flick a coin. Um, 
but you know, a big question is uh, things like you know Mark Wilson, who sat out the the cup game as a precaution with a uh, with with a slight uh, groin injury, and John O'Shea, will he be fit? He's back in training, back end of this week. Was O'Shea's a groin as well? As well, um, his was calf, I think. Was it? Okay. He had a few. And yeah. Corny went off with a groin problem, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's read something into that and decide <laughs> that the training methods are causing loads of groin injuries because um, we had that with knee injuries last season. So, so you, so there's a few few players back. You know, I'm, I'm fairly certain we'll see uh, McManaman and Williams in the team, and they made such a difference on on Wednesday night. Uh, and I think that, that they'll they will have a really big part to play for Sunderland this season because they're the genuinely creative players. Um, you know, don't mean to uh, to be hard on on two uh, two lads that have come through the academy system, but um, Lyndon Gooch and George Honeyman just. Didn't create much at all at Everton. Didn't create anything at all at Everton, uh, and team looked much better when when Williams and McManaman came on. Okay, well, come along to the Peacock Pub on Saturday yeah, if you can. We we do you from see, around do you one hear, Shall we shall we swing to Martin Tyler to um, he can tell us who the guest is? Yeah. Kinson with the corner. Yes, it's Brian Atkinson who took the corner. No, it's not. <laughs> it's um, it's. Uh, I'll turn that off before it starts playing the next video. That would have been a nightmare because we'd have the whole second half of the uh, the replay. We don't want to see that. Um, well, you might want to see well, that. That was one of my greatest memories of well, being a kid at Roker Park and, and Gordon Armstrong with that header from what, in my it memory, was, like the was the box, like. it was from the halfway line. In my, <laughs> my yeah, that's how I remember it. It was whatever was what it was one of those things where if it wasn't on Sky and there was no television cameras there, yeah. generations would have been told that header was from the halfway line. You could say, James, like he forced it forced street in, didn't he? Like oh. It. Oh. That's actually decent for that's actually decent for you. Yeah. It is. Drop the mic there. Is, yeah, I is. can't return like a <laughs> a crane type thing. Yeah, I mean um, you need to understand the map of accent and you need to understand the Sunderland geography yeah. to get the joke. Yeah. But <laughs> yes, come along, Gordon Armstrong joining us. Uh, Get there for one, all, one yeah, o'clock. Say, hey, half twelve for one. <laughs> um, jo- you know, join in. You can ask your questions for go- to Gordon. It's going to be like we do the live shows normally, just like this, really. But with Gordon as a guest, and you can you can ask him your questions as well about this current state of Sunderland retro Sunderland videos playing on the screen. I'm not sure what we're going to play this week. I was thinking about the eighty nine ninety promotion video. That's a think? good one, yeah. I've got that. There. Lots of goals. Lots video, of Gabbiadini goals. I've had so many season. promotions. Um, no, but yes, there's that. That one's there. Um, we maybe put that on because Gordon's probably involved in that. And we've got. Uh, I don't think our listeners need to know this. Yeah, we've got. Like, no, they do need to me and you. No, no, they do. And, 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 uh, and we've the, already got. We've got an offer. There's a you know fiver for a, for a pint and a, and a sandwich offer as well. A canny sandwich as well. So. Lots of reasons to get involved, so yeah. it'll be good to see you there. Five of us, how much of a pint's a good deal. Right, we'll see you there, hopefully. Thanks for listening. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.